Hello, and welcome to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, aired every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Kat Cannabis is the international best-selling author of Surviving Cancerland and Intuitive Aspects of Healing, and host of Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV Show. Together, we will explore cutting-edge insights and philosophies in health, wealth, and relationships. Kat's guests will be ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Now, here is your host, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Welcome to the show, everyone. We have two fabulous guests for you today. We have Dr. Gil Kajiki, who's going to be our first guest, and then we have Dr. Joyce Knudsen, who's going to be our second guest. And our first guest today is the founder of Worldwide Treatment Center, the Valley Thyroid Institute, which offers new hope and answers. So those of you listening right now, are you feeling a little sluggish, maybe not up to par? Well, your thyroid could be the culprit, but standard tests may not actually detect it. So Today we're going to hear what a leading expert has to say and about his solving the thyroid mystery surrounding his wife. Our second guest is going to be Dr. Joyce Knudsen, who knows a thing or two about not giving up. And Dr. Joyce began working with clients in 1985 on business image, appearance, behavior, communications, coaching, and assessments, and she hasn't stopped. So don't go away. I'd like to welcome to the show Dr. Gil Kajiki. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gil. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. So you have an incredible story about your wife's health deterioration under the care of several doctors, and and we know how much we love our doctors and how much they love us, but sometimes, you know, they're they're scratching their heads as much as we are. So can you kind of take us through that journey with your wife's health? Sure. Uh, I've been a chiropractor for 30 years, and uh, people look at my occupation and say, what does a chiropractor know about thyroid? Well, the way it started was about 15 years ago, uh, my wife was a corporate executive for an international company. She was head of HR. She was traveling around the globe to the different locations doing human resources. And one day she came back from a business trip. And about a week mm-hmm. later, uh, we realized she had contracted an Epstein-Barr virus uh, infection. So she had your mm-hmm. typical symptoms of fatigue, low energy, run down, morning fatigue, coffee wouldn't help, naps wouldn't help. So she started getting some B12 shots, and which kind of helped a little bit, but it never really mm-hmm. took care of it. And over the next two years after that Epstein-Barr virus infection, these fatigue symptoms morphed into a monster. And she, came, mm. she gained 50 pounds. She started losing her hair. She had insomnia, oh depression, night sweats bloating after meals, alternating constipation and diarrhea. Uh, you know, she gained 50 pounds, her dry hair, dry skin. I mean, just a whole myriad of symptoms. And we'd been to several doctors. The doctors all said her lab tests are normal. 
They said, this is stress. You're raising two, raising two teenage daughters. You're traveling around. You've got a high-stress job. Uh, you just kind of have to deal with it. That's just the way it goes. But there was something inside me that told me that it just wasn't right. But I was a chiropractor. What did I know? I didn't know anything. Well, at the end of that second year, she had gotten sick to the point where she'd been in the hospital. She'd gotten uh, put in the hospital for pneumonia. And I mm-hmm. had started studying functional medicine just prior to her going into the hospital because I just wanted to figure this out myself. There's just no way your lab test could be normal and you still feel lousy. And, and I still mm-hmm. say that to this day. So mm-hmm. I had done a blood test on her prior to her going into the hospital. I got the results back. I came back. I was so excited. I ran down to the hospital, and I said, I know what's wrong. I got it figured out. You have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune condition where her own immune system is destroying mm-hmm. and attacking her own thyroid gland. And her oh, doctor happened to be in the hospital at the same time. And mm-hmm. he looks at the test, and he says, I agree with you. She's got Hashimoto's. I said, great. We got it figured out. What do we do now? And his response was, well, we're going to give her some medication, some levothyroxine. And I said, okay, for how long? People who are on thyroid medication, that's a lifetime sentence. There's no intention of taking you off of that. And, I and said, what does this medication do? What's it supposed a, to do? It's supposed to help their thyroid condition. Okay. And so so it, said, it, it, like, kick-starts it or something or yeah, gets it, it working it normally again? Or? That your thyroid isn't making. Okay. okay. So I said to him, mm-hmm. wait a minute. Why would you give her thyroid medication for an immune system problem? It's her immune system that's attacking her thyroid. Why would you give her thyroid mm-hmm. medication? And he said, you're right, her immune system is attacking the thyroid, but this is the way we treat it in traditional medicine. I said, but that doesn't make sense. Why would you treat the victim and not the bully? He said, because that's the way Interesting we treat it in traditional medicine. And so I fired the doctor. She was well enough to go home. And so we took her out of the hospital, and I dove into the research on how to resolve this Hashimoto's naturally. And through my research and talking with other colleagues who had done this longer and and better than I have, we completely reversed all her Hashimoto symptoms in 18 months. She lost all 50 pounds. Her hair grew back. Her depression went away. Her insomnia went away. Her night sweats went away. Her racing heart went away. Everything went got better. And still to this day, 15 years later, she is not on thyroid medication. And that's when we switched our practice over because she couldn't be the only one out there suffering from this. And patients are not getting help because the traditional Mm -hmm. medical doctor treats an immune system problem with thyroid medication. And patients are on their medications and they're not getting help. So we completely switched our practice around. And all we do now is we treat autoimmune conditions and thyroid conditions. That's interesting because I do have friends who have been diagnosed with Hashimoto's. And, uh, you know, they're not getting that much help from the medical community because the hospitals uh, have hospital policy, ways that they treat patients, and it's a a one-way treats everyone. And and as, as you probably know, we're all individuals. We're not all the same. We don't all react the same way. Exactly. And so they have been on quite a long journey trying to find answers. So I'm going to be sure to send your information to them. So yeah. this was 15 years ago then that your wife went through this. And, and so that's testimony to the fact that yeah. what you are doing works. It, it works. It really does. 
and and also that uh, you're doing it naturally. You're doing it without drugs. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, my my protocols are all natural. Now, not that patients don't need medication. I would say um, at least half of the patients come to me already on medication. We don't mess around uh-huh. with that aspect. But what we try to do is get their bodies working better so that we could either minimize or get them off of their thyroid medication. But if you need it, you need mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So what is you know what is involved in your your uh, Kajiki low thyroid protocol? Explain that to us. Okay. Well, the first thing is like what you mentioned. Everyone is different, so mm-hmm. nobody gets the same protocol. I can get ten people in with all the exact same symptoms, but there may be seven different protocols because everyone mm-hmm. is different, and everyone's protocol is created specifically for them based on their lab test results. So we do very extensive testing, and we do very non-traditional testing. For example, your traditional endocrinologist will only do three out of ten thyroid tests. We do all ten Mm -hmm. every single time. So that's why we know that there's no way your lab test can be normal and you still feel lousy. So we do all ten thyroid tests. We test for adrenal glands. We test for blood sugar. We test for gastrointestinal problems. We test for inflammation. We test for hidden infections. We test for chemical sensitivities. We test for food sensitivities. So based on these lab test results, everyone's going to have different results. We can create an individualized, customized program for each and every person that doesn't involve any medication. It's all about dietary changes, lifestyle changes, herbal compounds, vitamins and minerals, enzymes, amino acids, and detoxification programs. And everyone's Mm -hmm. different. Have you ever heard of chelation therapy for detoxification? I have, yes. And and yeah. and are you involved with that in any way, or do um, you? I I may do some, but that comes way down the line. Um, I think mm-hmm. people who do chelation therapy too soon are asking for huge, huge trouble. Um, chelation is actually pulling the toxins and the heavy mm-hmm. metals, especially out mm-hmm. of the tissues, and if. Some of those tissues, for example, have heavy metal in them like the brain, and you have Mm -hmm. an autoimmune condition to these heavy metals, uh, then your immune system starts attacking any tissue that has these heavy metals like your brain. And your own immune system will then attack your brain in an attempt to get rid of these heavy metals. And I have a chiropractor friend who basically lost his house, lost his wife, lost his family, lost his practice, and is permanently damaged from chelation therapy. Oh my goodness! Wow. Now, not that I'm it's glad not you good, explained that to us. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I I know that one of my friends who does have have uh, the Hashimoto's, you know, she she took chelation therapy, but she took it after she had done some other protocols, like exactly. like you had said. So, um, you know, it's interesting. So, so tell us what is better, uh, natural or synthetic? Well, thyroid I, hormone it, medication, and, and what's the difference? Okay, well, I'll, I'm gonna. Just, this is my opinion because it varies all over the world from doctor to doctor. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, there is no better. It's whatever the patient responds to, and that's once again customizing the program. Is patient A may respond better to synthetic hormone like levothyro- or levothyroxine and synthroid mm-hmm. and tyrosine, and patient B may respond better to Nature Throid or Armor, which is like like a, a pig thyroid, 
And so you just don't know who's going to respond better. And so I'm going to say, once again, that you have to customize your protocols, and somebody may respond better to synthetic. Someone may respond better to the natural. There is no better. What's better is what works for that individual. Mm-hmm. There's no cookie cutter. Yeah, because yeah. there is no, I always tell people there is no norm. We're, we're all individuals. So right. I can see where, where your, your protocol would, would, you know, be perfect for individual people. So uh, for our listeners who are listening now, if, if they have any of these symptoms or if they think they might have thyroiditis or Hashimoto's, um, what should they do? Do they have to fly all the way across the country to your office? to get diagnosed no, actually, and treated? That, that 90, 98% of my practice is Skype and phone. We have created a way to be able to work with people long distance. Um, I've got patients in Bulgaria and Germany and Canada, the U.K., a lot of the other states here, New Zealand, France. I mean, we can do these protocols long distance, so there's no need to come to the office. Uh, most of the testing that we do is home testing kits. And if they need to get mm-hmm. blood drawn, you can get blood, blood drawn anywhere at any hospital or local doctor's office around you and anywhere in the world. Uh, so we've created all these different protocols. Uh, the key is you've got to get the proper testing. You've got to get the proper lab testing done. You've got to read the test right. You have to do the right tests. And that's how we create these different protocols. And that's why it doesn't matter where you are anywhere in the world. So how do you determine the best course of treatment do do you have the patient actually work with their doctor or their hospital to get these blood tests to send you the results how, do, how does that work uh, well the most of them are home testing kits so we send the test kits to mm-hmm. the patient and do, do do these tests at home if it's a blood test we will send them a prescription to get blood drawn at their local hospital or at their doctor's office if they are cooperative or a local clinic. I mean, it's pretty easy to get blood drawn, and we'll send them the test tubes that they just get blood drawn, and if we have to, we fly the blood to the United States to get the testing done here. Uh, so it's really it's really quite simple. Uh-huh. So you, you explained to us why you were kind of a, a against thyroid medic, medication because, you know, you're, you're kind of like permanently on it, and you can never get off. And, and I always question that myself. I remember, I mean, this little off the subject, but my cat had diabetes. He had pancreatitis, and he got diabetes from it. And he, the doctors had him on Epigen. He was like on nine different medications. And they said he's never going to be off the Epigen, and he's never going to be off these right. medications. And, you know, I weaned him off slowly, and he lived for another nine years. So, (laughs) can someone permanently get off of their thyroid medication? Well, it kind of depends upon how well you manage their case, right? I mean, Uh in my wife's case, she's still not on it after 15 years. And maybe Uh she will have to be on it, maybe she won't. But the problem is, in traditional medicine, okay, your choices for treatment are medication, radiation, and surgery. That is it. Mm. Your endocrinologist will Radiation not, on your thyroid? Yeah. They, because Ooh. if the medication doesn't work, then they'll nuke it. And if nuking it doesn't mm. work, they'll just cut it out. Oh, my goodness. So if they cut but, it out, then you've got to go on medication forever because you're missing correct. an organ that's, right. that's, that's so important to, right. to your whole body. Your function, right. So those are yeah. your choices is medication, radiation, surgery. Now, if that works for you, great. You never contact me. But it's when that doesn't work... That's when people contact mm-hmm. me. 
Mm-hmm. So, so give either, give us. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, so you either have to deal with that, or you have to jump to a new healthcare model with people like me, where we treat naturally, and you still take medication, but we try to wean you off, or we try to cut down your dosage by making your body mm-hmm. work better. Mm-hmm. So for those uh, people who are listening um, and may not know, uh, what exactly does your thyroid do for you? Why it, Why do we need it? Why you know? Well, it controls your entire metabolism in your body. Okay? It's the only gland in your whole body where every single cell in your body has a thyroid receptor site. So it's like a little garage for a thyroid hormone. So when your thyroid creates these little hormones, it goes to everywhere in your body. It goes to your hair, your nails, your skin, your toes, your kidney, your heart, your lungs, your fingernails. It goes everywhere. And so when your thyroid starts to dysfunction, every function in your body is at risk for dysfunctioning as well. Hmm. That's interesting. So, you know, you, you explained that, that you uh, take patients after they've tried everything else, but is that actually, are those actually the people who are your best, uh, the people who are, are the best candidates to be your patients? Are people um, who have tried everything else and, and nothing worked? Well, I, I, I think I'm, I'm the next best contact is when you've tried everything and nothing works, then contact me. Um, but I think the best candidates are the people who are ready to make some changes. They're ready to change their lifestyle habits. They're ready to change their dietary habits. They're ready to take on some nutritional supplements. They're ready to not rely on a pill to try to do the work of your body. Um, those are the best candidates, really, when people are really willing to make a change in their life. Mm-hmm. So uh, give me an example of a lifestyle change somebody might might have to make, like maybe something that your wife or another uh, well, patient had to yeah, do. Yeah, here's a perfect example. Many people I talk to, they stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, and they say, I'm a night owl. I work best at night. No, you're not a night owl. Your cortisol rhythms are screwed up, and your cortisol rhythms are rising at night rather than falling. So what happens is you have trouble going to sleep at night. Well, if you continue to perpetuate that lifestyle habit, your cortisol rhythms will never get corrected. You will, have, you will have adrenal gland dysfunction, which will eventually turn into adrenal fatigue, and then you'll be, be fatigued all day and all night. That's an example of a lifestyle change. It's, we're not changing their diet. We're not making them eat anything. We're not making them take any pills. We're saying start going to sleep at a reasonable time. So you can, mm-hmm. you know, not perpetuate this bad cortisol rhythm. Um, another one is, oh, I always have a, a you know, a sweet snack um, after dinner. Don't have a sweet snack after dinner. You're doing it because it's a habit, not because you actually need it or want it. If if somebody wants to have a sweet uh, snack, when when should they have it? Um, you know what? Honestly, Never. I'll tell you, it <laughs> depends on their blood work. Right? If if their uh-huh. if their blood sugar levels are high, I'm going to tell you you need to stop it until your blood sugar levels get under control. And then I have people mm-hmm. say, "Well, yeah, but you know you can't expect me to stop something. You know you can't deprive me." You're right. You're not ready to change. You you wouldn't be a good candidate. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I like that. So uh, give me an example of a diet habit that someone might have to change. Besides not, what if it's not somebody who eats sweets after dinner? What is another type of diet habit they might have to change or that you saw someone uh, change? Uh, people are very resistant against stopping bread. 
Oh, I love bread. I can't stop bread. I always have hot <laughs> rolls with my spaghetti. I can't stop bread. Really? You feel crappy. You're fatigued. Your blood sugar is up. You can't lose weight. Your cortisol rhythms are off, and you're not willing to stop bread. You're not a good candidate. You need to stop bread. Forever? No, not forever, but until you get your health under control. If you have Hashimoto's, you have to stop gluten forever because gluten to Hashimoto's is like jet fuel on fire. <laughs> that's, that's quite a picture in the mind. Uh, you know, uh, here's another uh, question I was just thinking when I was listening uh, to you talking about all this, uh, especially um, the food. You say you have an all-natural protocol. Right. Exactly what does that mean? All well, natural. That it's non-prescription. So all the protocols okay. that we create for somebody, they're based on their lab test results. So everyone's going to have different lab test results. So based on what the lab test results say, I may create a customized eating program where there's certain foods I leave out and certain foods I allow them to keep in. It may, I may change the frequency of how often they eat. I may change the quantity of their carbohydrate-protein ratio. I may give them some herbal compounds to help them with their adrenal gland dysfunction. I may give them some sublingual uh, drops to help them with their hormone imbalance. I might do a vitamin mineral enzyme deficiency profile and find out that they're low on vitamin D or low on vitamin C or low on vitamin A or low on selenium or iodine. And so I'll give it these uh, natural products based on what their lab test results say, not on what their symptoms are. So, you know, finding that you're low on vitamins can be really important, not just for Hashimoto's or your thyroid, but maybe something else like vitamin D, a deficiency in vitamin D uh, right. has been found to, to lead to cancer. So you're, you're, you're covering quite a few things when you're doing all of this. I hope I'm not going to put you on the spot when I when I ask you this, but you know I'm I'm sure that the, our listeners are all going, oh, what is this going to cost me? So can you give us an idea of the cost of your treatment? Uh, well, I I could tell you this. First of all, before you even consider doing this, you have to consider what's the cost of your health. What is it worth mm. to you, right? Um, and a good example I use is this, is if you don't know what the cost is, what your cost health is worth, if your child had your condition, how much would you pay to get that condition resolved? Or would you say to the doctor, well, you know, we really can't afford it right now. We just bought a house, so my daughter's just going to have to suffer with this. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what your health is really worth to you, is, is if your child had this, what would you do to get out of it? Now, as far as what the cost goes with my patients, once again, there's no cookie-cutter cost. Everyone is different. The cost of the case is based on complexity of the case. And the complexity of the case is based on what kind of lab test markers you come back with and how many lab test markers you come back with that are abnormal. So based on what I see on these lab test markers, I will create a protocol that is congruent with the complexity of the case to the cost. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for those of you listening, if you think that uh, being well is expensive, let me tell you about the expense of being sick. Right. <laughs> being sick is extremely expensive, and you can end up losing everything. So, you know, I've always said keep yourself healthy. Uh, stay up on what your body is telling you with tests right. and solve the problems 
before they become huge. So can your patients continue to work with their medical doctors while they're working with you? Absolutely, and I, I would encourage it, actually, because if you do need medication or you need that medication dosage reduced or you need the medication changed or increased, I need that doctor on our team to be able to do that kind of thing. I need to be able to give you the lab test results and tell you, hey, tell your doctor, um, you know, your, your body's working much better. Can you reduce this medication dosage? So I really need those doctors to be an integral part of the team and be cooperative with that patient. Mm-hmm. So, like, what is your success rate with, with your case, cases? What kind of results can someone expect to see with your protocols? Well, if you go to my website and look under the patient testimonials, you'll see over 100 different people who've gone through these uh, protocols. And they've been willing mm-hmm. to put themselves on video and tell you, you know, I've got patients who got 90% better in two weeks. Some patients get 80% wow. better in three months. Some people get 50% mm-hmm. better in a month. So it, it varies. But on the average, I would say we're, we've got high 90s of uh, success rate in the high 90 percentile. Mm-hmm. And the average patient no, can feel noticeably better in about six to eight weeks. No, that's amazing because I'll tell you, sometimes you can go to the doctor for years and you don't right. feel any better. So I noticed when I was researching you that you've also created the thyroid mystery solved and it's an educational five dvd series of self-help for anyone or patients also with uh, chronic thyroid problems how can our listeners uh get that if they'd like to you just go right to the website the valleythyroidinstitute.com and you look at the top of the page there's a banner up there and you can order this five dvd series the link takes you directly over to um, a site by Lisa Gar, who I co-created this series with, and you could buy mm-hmm. this five-DVD series, and you get immediate download access to it. The way we structured it is you uh, purchase the DVDs, and you get a link, and you could start watching them in the next five minutes. Uh, so this is what we created for the person who just, they want to do it themselves, they want to give it a go on their own, and so we talk about the lab ranges and why some lab tests are normal when they're really not. We talk about uh, the Kajiki protocol. We talk about the autoimmune component. We talk about the triggers that flare up the autoimmune component, and we kind of put it all together. Um, and then if that doesn't work, then give me a call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, what I found really interesting when we were talking was how we were talking about how so many people can't lose weight. Right. And, and it could be not necessarily what they're eating, but the way their body is processing. Correct. Is that correct? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. It's the, the weight that you are experiencing that you can't lose is not the problem. There are dysfunctions causing you to not be able to lose the weight. And that's what I encourage people to really explore is look for the reasons why you're keeping the weight on or you can't lose weight. The weight isn't the problem. If you want to lose 10 pounds, just chop off your arm. You'll lose 10 pounds. But <laughs> Let's look for the reasons why you can't lose the 10 pounds. Maybe it's thyroid. But if you only do three mm-hmm. out of 10 tests, you won't know. Maybe it's hormone imbalance. Maybe it's gastrointestinal problem. Maybe it's uh, you know inflammation. Maybe it's an anemia. Maybe it's a food sensitivity. Maybe it's all of those things combined. But unless you do the mm-hmm. right testing, you never know. Mm-hmm. So it could go way beyond just having a slower metabolism. Is that correct? 
It always does. It's never just one component. It's always multiple components. Well, I would really like to thank you so much, Doctor, for being on the show with us today. We've uh, been talking with Dr. Gil Kajiki, and uh, he is the founder of the Valley Thyroid Institute. And where can our listeners find uh, this institute? I know it's in the San Fernando Valley uh, yeah. in Southern California. It, you know, is it, is it pretty easy to find? Oh, yes, very easy to find. It's in northern Los Angeles, but as we mentioned, you don't have to come to the office. You can, you can do everything through Skype and phone. And if you go to the website, Valley Thyroid Institute, it's filled with information. But just go to three areas only. One is download the free thyroid report, and it's an 11-page report. You get immediate access to it. It tells you about the autoimmune component. It tells you about the triggers. It tells you about the testing then go to the free consultation. I give anybody a free 15-minute phone or Skype consultation, and it gives you a chance to get a feel for me, get a feel for my philosophy, tell me about your case, and it gives me a chance to see what kind of candidate you are for success with our protocols. If I don't feel like you're a good chance for success, I won't waste your time. I'll let you know right away that this is probably not going to work for you and where you should probably go next. And then go mm-hmm. to the patient testimonials, where I've got over 100 different people who've been through these protocols that are on video. And you'll see the way I categorized it is they have symptoms that are exactly the same as yours. So you won't have a unique case here. We've, we've treated many, many different types of people, and you probably don't have a unique case, although your doctor can't figure it out. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for being on the show with us today. And for those of you who want to learn more about Dr. Gil Kajiki, his name is spelled Doctor and then G-I-L, and his last name is K-A-J-I-K-I. Thank you again, Doctor, for being with us today. Thank you so much, Kat. Uh, don't go away. I'm going to play a quick word or two, um, and then we will be back with our second guest, Dr. Joyce. Hey, Jenna, have you seen the TV show Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod on Channel 99? OMG, I love that show. It's with Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. She's an international best-selling author and Lori Boyle, the CEO of Lori Boyle Media. Right. They're hosting a personal development seminar, Retreat for the Soul. It's about your dreams, meditation, healing, and the subconscious mind. Ooh. It sounds fun. And rejuvenating. Let's go. Where do we sign up? Their website, wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Did you know that you can use your own radio show to promote your business and become a celebrity in your area or industry? Do you have a great idea for a radio show or a passion that you would like to share with other like-minded people? The Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio and TV hosts Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle will show you how. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Do you have a great story to tell or do you want to write your memoir? Best-selling author Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle, CEO of Lori Boyle Media, are the hosts of the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV and radio shows. Join their Writer's Workshop Intensive to get writing and get published. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Welcome back, everyone, with our second guest today, Doc Joyce Knudsen. 
I had her go over this with me over and over again before I had her on Knudsen. And what I love about Dr. Joyce is how she has been working with clients on business image, appearance, behavior, communications, all the things that we need if we're going to go into business where we are going to be in front of an audience. It's so important. And I know that many of my listeners, you guys, are doing exactly that. So without further ado, let's bring Dr. Joyce on to talk about how she helps people and clients with their business image. Welcome to the show, Dr. Joyce. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Dr. Joyce, tell us what is um, scientific assessments on self-esteem, behavior, and values? What are those? Well, they are made by a company called Inometrics, but they are originated from Robert S. Hartman's uh, he has his uh, University of Tennessee assessments that Jay Niblick from Inometrics has purchased. And so what you're allowed to do with this type of assessment, because it's scientific, is you have certain criteria that you put in, and I was able to make a self-esteem assessment. For example, I went to work with the Titans, and I made a player assessment, um, frontline manager assessment, uh, and uh, uh I don't remember the third one, but I made specific uh, assessments for them so that I can find out so these where they need to like improve. Yes, it's a you. It's really kind of interesting. If anybody wants to learn about Hartman, it's really kind of a, a special thing to know. And just look up Robert S. Hartman on Google, and you'll find out all about it. But there's 18 questions. You answer them, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, people ask me when I give it to them, were you in my living room? Were you overhearing my telephone conversations? How do you know this? I said, well, I don't know it. Robert Hartman knew it. And so that is where I'm so fascinated with the assessments because they're never wrong. <laughs> That's amazing. So um, exp- explain to the listeners the importance of um, mastering social sites. You know, our whole world seems to be about social media now, and it sounds like you've really tapped into that. Well, it's only going to get worse, and in two years, (laughs) if you're not on the social sites, and if you don't have your website programmed to be on mobile phones, then you might as well close your business, because Uh it it is a way for you to meet people from all over the world. And my pet peeve is people say, well, how could you be friends with somebody you don't know? Well, First of all, I feel I know some of these people better than people in my own family because they are on the social sites, for example, Twitter, every day, and they're mm-hmm. saying they're talking back and forth with you. Do we actually need to have a face in order to get to know someone? I'd rather we didn't have a face, and there wouldn't be so much judgment. But they are oh, very that's important. interesting, yeah. Yeah, they, they are very important. Uh, and I know the importance of them. Now, in my case, I uh, I don't have any of the things I listened to. That was a wonderful interview, by the way. I, I have some things that brought to my attention from listening to it. Um, I've been very fortunate to be in my seventh decade of life and not to have anything quite seriously happen to me. However, mm-hmm. when I was a little baby, I was afflicted with a fever that took my vision. And so I have no peripheral vision, no depth perception, and I'm, I'm actually ready now in my book, Refusing to Quit, 
to tell people that I'm handicapped in that way because I feel so many people, they judge you. And nobody knew, and even in my profession, when I would get up and give a speech with magnifying equipment, people would ask me, why do you have all that stuff here? I would say, well, my eyes don't work like yours do, but everyone has something, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> right? And so I, I accomplished getting 1,020,000 people on Twitter uh, because I have the bad eyesight, because I don't drive. So that makes me homebound, and that's so I say to myself, okay, can I make a difference in the world? I can't. I can't change what I. I acknowledge that I have bad eyes. There's nothing I can do about mm-hmm. it. You can't change what you don't acknowledge. And so here I am doing all this stuff because I have the time to do it. And I don't see any difference between going to the office, driving in your car, getting dressed, going to the office, sitting down behind a computer all day, and then getting back in your car, being in rush hour traffic, going back home when I could just get up in my pajamas if I wanted to. I don't. I <laughs> actually dress to work, uh, but. I, what's the difference if I come and I talk to people all over the world and I get contacts mm-hmm. and, and so many, like you, radio interviews and television interviews and people wanting me to uh, collaborate with them. I think it's wonderful. Mm. So, so uh, I notice, you know, we're we're on each other's uh, social media pages and, and I'm on your Google Plus page for self-esteem, which I, I just love and I put my my little uh, sayings and affirmation, uh, my affirmations up there and everything. So um, what would be one tip that you could give our readers that would help them in self-esteem? Because self-esteem is so, so important. Well, you can't do anything without it, and that's uh, really an important thing for people to realize that it, just like the doctor said, if you're not ready to learn about yourself, and I don't call them weaknesses. I call them underdeveloped strengths. You can't know everything. You can't do everything. So I would say the first one is to accept yourself fully inside if self-confidence is something we have in a certain area, so yours might be in being a radio host, which you're a very good radio mm-hmm. host, so then you have self-confidence you. in that. But it's, you're welcome. So if somebody says, go skydive now, you might say, well, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. And so, you're right. You know, so self-esteem is something that you develop deep inside. And I had to make a decision when I was old enough to leave home do I want to feel sorry for myself and say, poor me, I don't see like other people? And I'm very vain, so I want to be pretty and I want to do all this stuff. And I don't want my eyes to move around. Um, but I was very lucky to be able to have had one surgery that put them in the middle. So nobody ever knew. I had it in my 30s, and I'm 40 years older than that now. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel that I have accepted that. And I've accepted me as a person who is intelligent. They told me I'd never learn. I would be uneducable, and I have a Ph.D. So just what you were talking about before, who are these people who are telling us these things? You yes. know, we, we have to – things come to us. And I, I think it's important for people who want self-esteem. I don't know it, – it matters what you believe in. If you want to talk to God, if you want to talk to Buddha, if you want to talk to whoever you want to talk to. Talk to somebody bigger than you, bigger than life, and say to them, help me. Help me get out of this rut I'm in where I'm blaming people all the time. Because blaming is silly. It really is because it doesn't solve anything. And so having a good self-esteem 
Right now, Kat, you can say to me, Joyce, I think you stink as a radio host. It wouldn't bother me. I'd say, well, that's her opinion, <laughs> right? That would be your opinion about me. But that's not my mm-hmm. opinion about myself. So if I can say mm-hmm. to someone, stop listening to what other people say you cannot do and start mm-hmm. finding out and proving to yourself and trying it over and over again, what can I do? And do it well. Do it better than anyone else. Does that Oh, I, I your so agree. Okay, yes, and you know, I I tell people all the time, uh, you know, no. One of my one of my life rules is no means just start again at the next level up. I never right. take no as an answer. I take right. it or as next. a challenge. Never hear the word the, the people using next. You know, somebody doesn't like you. Next. You know, you just yeah. keep going next until you find someone who appreciates you for who you are. Exactly. 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 I love that. So, you know, you're not just talking the talk here. You're talking the talk because you've already walked the walk from the sound. I walked the walk. And another thing I heard, that was a great interview with that doctor, really, because it made me realize what happened to me when I was 20. I Mm -hmm. got up one day and I had scabs all over my body. I didn't know what they were. That was, they were hor- horrible. They were, I, was, I was just getting ready to go to Ohio State University. I was working a year, and we were four, so there was no giving money to go to college. I had to do it myself. And so mm-hmm. I, I broke out with this horrible thing, and uh, I went to many doctors, and they didn't know what it was. It turned out to be psoriasis. And mm-hmm. so when my husband asked me to marry him 48 years mm-hmm. ago, I said, well, I have a heartbreak of psoriasis, and I can't see the McDonald's board. <laughs> and so <laughs> those are the things that, I mean, really, doctors don't know. Uh, I've had doctors, uh, experiences with doctors where they said, just don't have children. You will screw their eyes up. My children have perfect vision. And so they, they, it, it's not hereditary. It was really just yeah. something that happened to me. So you can't listen to the opinions of others. So that goes right back to self-esteem, doesn't it? It does. It absolutely does, you know. And my goodness, psoriasis. Talk about, you know, kicking your self esteem in the in the back side. Uh-huh. I mean uh-huh. you you just wanna make sure that you wear a nun's habit all the time <laughs> everywhere you go. <laughs> you know, no matter what lucky. it is, you say, oh, yes, I'm a nun. I was so, lucky you, because my mine is not bad. It's a very mild case and I have a lamp in my home. So if I go mm-hmm. on the lamp, it's a UVB. They they call that UV better for UVB, uh-huh. so you don't get cancer from it. Um, I hardly ever use it because I have uh, creams, and I only get it on on my uh, like my elbows or my knuckles, you know, or my knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mm-hmm. always thought it was ugly, but my husband says he never noticed it. Never notices it at all. Oh, he's a keeper. He's he a keeper. loves you. He doesn't yes, he see does. anything but perfection. <laughs> yes, so let's talk true. about image enhancement then since you, you you know, you've been you've been there, you've done all this. If someone were to call us right now and say, you know, I I just I don't like the way I look. I just don't think I'm attractive. I'm afraid to go in public. I'd love to stand up on a stage and tell my healing story to an audience, but I just don't think I'm attractive enough to do it inside and out. What tip would you give them to help them move beyond that? First of all, what's attractive? Beauty is in the mm-hmm. eye of the beholder. So it's the way you're looking at yourself and, once again, self-esteem We'll take that away from you. Now, what I did with clients, I always gave them assessments first. 
and then I would talk to them because I've had this, this client come into my office that you're describing, and really mm-hmm. it's the way they see themselves. Uh, if you think that my hair is red, you'd be mistaken because it's gray, but I won't. I don't have it gray. I do everything I can, uh, creams, <laughs> you name it, to be the best I could be, and that's all anybody can be. And I believe that everybody is beautiful. It has to come from the inside. If you have a sour attitude, if you feel that other people are more attractive than you, then you're not going to be attractive. You're not ready, just like the doctor said. You're not ready. And so I feel that I would tell them to look in a mirror and Mm -hmm. name five things about themselves they like. And so if they don't like their nose, well, you know, it's okay. You can get it done. If you want to, I've never done any of that, but I feel that a lot of people might benefit from from fixing something. If your ears are sticking out, pin them back. It's like a, a half an hour nothing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of it you can correct through makeup. Most, most of it nowadays they have these makeup products that, I mean, it's amazing how beautiful I could look when I go on a television show or how ugly mm-hmm. I can look when I get up in the morning. So it is really... <laughs> It's really an attitude. You know you have nice features. If you don't have nice features, then there's contour for that. There's just, It's just really an attitude. And so many people I know, I never notice that they're not attractive. I notice how beautiful they are from the inside. And that's what's most You know, important. Dr. Joyce, that... That is such that is such a truth because, you know, how often have we met people and they were like really, really gorgeous. We're looking at them and we're going, oh, my goodness, that person right. is Wish just I like stunning. That, you know? and, and then you get to know them and suddenly they kind of start morphing into not being quite so attractive. And right. then you meet somebody else who's just, you know, they might be defined if you were going to add a definition, which I, I don't do, but a plain Jane. But then as they smile and you get to know them and their laugh is infectious, you find them beautiful. And Absolutely. you find yourself uh, actually focusing on parts of them that you may have, you know, what you defined as being underdeveloped strengths. Their underdeveloped strengths for somebody else are actually full-blown strengths for them because their internal beauty is is making all the difference in the world. But there so, are a lot of you know, actresses, this... celebrities that are yeah. not really beautiful, but with the use of makeup and hair color mm-hmm. and what's out there, you can choose, like in my book, you can choose mm-hmm. to cut your hair, make it gray, no longer wear makeup, be the true self you are. If you're happy with that, good for you. I say go for it. But mm-hmm. if you're not happy with that, I would not be happy with that. I want long hair. I want a bright red. I want a lot of eye makeup on and a sexy dress. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. There you but go. That's, that's me. But I try mm-hmm. to be both the inner and the outer person, and that's what I teach people to be. Mm-hmm. And and that's you know that's where mirror I call it mirror therapy and I used it when I was uh, you know going through breast cancer because I'm a three time breast cancer survivor and I lost all my hair and everything else and I remember when I was in treatment one day and some of the women were were crying in the in the in the circle that we were in and I went into the 
to the dressing room to put my clothes back on. I looked in the mirror, and I remember getting right up to myself in the mirror because my, you know, no hair, and you look like death warmed over. And I said, how far down this rabbit hole am I going to go? And I remember there was a voice in my head that said, how far down do you want to go? It's your journey. Oh, that's beautiful. just goes to prove we are in charge, right, Dr. Joyce? We're in charge. Right. We, we have the power to, to choose what we want to be for the rest of our lives. As I turn 72 this August, I say to myself, what can I do to better myself and to help the world and to do, be there for my children and to wrong rights, right wrongs uh, that I've mm-hmm. done in the world? I really feel that I've got 20 years left. Now, if you feel you've got three years left, 72, then you have three years left. You know, Mm -hmm. it's all attitude. It's all how you feel about yourself. Uh, I mean, tomorrow, I'll share this with your audience, I'm going to a modeling agency. I started out as a model and an actress, voiceovers and television commercials, and I'd like to do it again. So I'm going back to my roots. I'm going to apply. I don't know if they'll take me because I am this age, but when I called them, they said, hey, we have needs for all types of people. And so mm-hmm. I'm going tomorrow. I'm very excited about it because I'm going to have some fun. And so somebody wow. else is talking them da- themselves down saying, well, I'm ugly. I can't do it. I'm old. I need to sit in a rocking chair, blah, blah. I don't say that. I say, what can I do that will be fun? Oh, I'm going to go with the modeling. <laughs> I'm a little crazy. I have to tell you that. No, that's great. You know, and that's another perfect example, Dr. Joyce, of you, uh, you know, not just talking the talk, but getting out there and walking the walk. And it's such a beautiful example for all of us. You don't stop living until you've taken your last breath. And until then, you know, those things that you start, even in your twilight years, are things that can bring you such joy and help other people. So talking about bringing joy and helping other people, tell us about your book. But the book is so exciting because I had no idea when I went to write it. Besides, I wanted to be a spokesperson for those over 60 because I was over 70. And uh, (laughs) when I got the stories, every story made me cry because one woman had terrible cancer. She was told she had six months to live. She's not only lived, but she's excelled herself. I I had a doctor that was the first woman doctor in the White House and talked about how she wasn't happy and and what what made her happy. There were people that were remarried at, at 55 years old to the love of their life. I mean, I, I'm reading these stories, and I'm going, my gosh, there were so many people. I, I managed to get 20 stories of people, and then I put my story in there as well. And mm-hmm. so I'm very excited about it because it's it, it's been up, I think, three and a half, four weeks. I have 18 reviews, and uh, I really feel very that this is going to take me places i've already been on uh let's see two tv stations many radio stations and about to go to memphis in a week or so uh for a tv interview and a radio uh on air uh interview people want to know about this topic it's like a movement and what is the title of your book it's called refusing to quit women over 60 who refuse to quit Refusing uh, so, to quit. Yeah, women over sixty. To quit. Yeah, women over uh-huh. sixty. That'll get you to the to the link. And um, uh-huh. I'll tell you, men are writing in that they they're they're not a woman and they're not over sixty, but they recommend the book to everyone. 
Uh-huh. Well, yeah, you know, they have to live with the women over 60, so the book is just true. as important to them and as it's it's important to, to the women who might be too. sending in the stories. Right, well, that's true. Yeah. It's important to the millennials, too, because they're going to become women like us, and they will learn mm-hmm. from our wisdom. So that's not everybody true. is, I really believe not everybody at a certain age has wisdom. They could be 90 and have no wisdom. Or, But mm-hmm. these women had wisdom, every single one of them. Every every time I read the stories, I thought, my God, you know, one of the women in, this, in the book had many vertebrae, uh, vertebrae removed when she was a young woman and uh, and had back problems and ended up going to the Pritikin Clinic and ended up curing it with vegetarian diets. And it's very, very interesting what people go through. You don't realize when people are talking to you what they are going through or what they have been through. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes them a winner. You know, I remember when when I was going through my treatments and there was, oh, this woman must have been in her 90s. Um, She was kind of bent over and she was holding on her doctor coming in through the door uh, to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. And I looked at her and she was holding up all the traffic behind her and all the traffic in front of her going out the door. She very, very, very slowly walked in and she looked up at everybody because her face was practically down on her feet. And she goes, I'm so sorry. I'm old. And I looked at her and I said, you're a winner because here I am, you know, <laughs> stage four recurrence and I'm hoping I make it to the next day. And I looked at her and I said, you're a winner. And she started laughing so hard that she almost fell over. But oh, everybody God. else that was standing behind her or in front of her started laughing too. And they realized, you know, you are a winner when you get to 90 and one of the best things that you can share is your wisdom because that's not something you can buy that's That's something that you only get from life for free right that's true that's really true people Mm -hmm. just don't they don't understand that we only we're here once and i'm not going until i've done everything i want to do i'm not ready (laughs) no matter what what they throw at me i'm not ready to (laughs) i'm not ready for for leaving this world yet and i'm not i certainly haven't finished making a difference Mm mm-hmm Oh, I believe that. I believe that. So how can our listeners find you, Dr. Joyce? And by the way, it's Dr. Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, Knudsen, K-N-U-D-S-E-N. Did I I say that right, Dr. Joyce? You said it right. You said it right. You know, I I just (laughs) wanted to tell you one thing about a a man who wrote uh, a review on my my, uh, Amazon page and he was so cute the way he did it. He he said, um, I'm trying to, um, he said, the way that he said it, um, it's, um, I shouldn't look for it now. <laughs> um, but anyway, there, it's right here. It's right on the top. Um, and and this is, there was a 94-year-old woman in my book, and um, and he couldn't get over that. The, the 94-year-old, she was a cryptologist who at 21 had tea with Eleanor Roosevelt in the White House. The minister, wow. minister's daughter, the mortgage underwriter who refused to quit amidst the global financial crisis. There's so many people that were in this book that really did amazing. They were all winners. They all did. They mm-hmm. all wanted to live. And they wanted to live well because we're only here once. And as I look at my life, I say, okay, seventh decade, eighth decade, will I make it any further? Um, Mm -hmm. But you don't ask yourself that question. You just keep going. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're we're down to our last 
four minutes, so I want to make sure that um, our listeners can can find you. Can you share your website and how they can get your book? Yes, of course. On Amazon, Refusing to Quit Women Over 60, and you go right there. I have an Amazon page with all my books on it. I've written 10. Uh, mm-hmm. And they can find me at www, I'll spell it, D-R-J-O-Y-C-E-K-N-U-D-S-E-N.com, drjoyceknudsen.com. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Joyce, for being with us today. And for all of you listening in, um, I will be blogging. Dr. Joyce's radio interview, and you can find that on my blog, which is accessyourinnerguide.com. Just hit the blog button, and uh, you can read the blog and then listen to the show again, which is always archived on Blog Talk Radio. So I want to thank you again so much uh, for being on the show with us today, and uh, I hope that uh, you'll come back and share some more of your, your wisdom with us and let us know if you get that modeling job. I definitely will. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. So everybody, make sure you tune in again next Wednesday. It's going to be a great show. We are going to have Hay House author Linda Howe on the show with us talking about the Acoustic Studies. And we're going to have Marie St. Louise. And she's going to be talking about her book, RSVP from Heaven. So same time same place, 6 to 6.30 Eastern Standard Time, 3 to 3.30 Pacific Time, on the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, which is part of the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio Network. I want to thank everybody for listening in, tuning in with us today, and uh, I want you to know that I really, really appreciate all of your comments that I get on the shows. Um, They come to my Facebook page, which is uh, again, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and the Twitter. Again, the same name, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. I also have the Access Your Inner Guide page, which is more for my spiritual uh, tarot card uh, guests who come on and and dream working uh, guests that come on. But I will be posting these blogs at there as well. So thank you again for joining us today with our two fabulous guests. Dr. Gil Kajiki, and Dr. Joyce. Thank you for tuning in to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show. If you would like to comment or have an idea for the show or have a question for Kat or one of her guests, please visit her on Facebook at Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. This show and previous shows are archived on Blog Talk Radio, accessible from survivingcancerland.com and accessyourinnerguide.com. Join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Until then, have a great week.